My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Did you know that vegetarians taste and smell better than meat eaters? I'm not talking about that kind of meat. Seriously, a study published in the research journal Chemical Senses showed that vegetarians have a more pleasant, attractive scent and flavor than their carnivorous counterparts. How is that for a very cool and fun reason to eat your veggies? I wrote about this study and a bunch of other cool diet perks uh, for our girl boners by eating a plant-based diet, whether you're fully vegetarian, vegan. Uh, it was sort of an honor of a cooking show that I appeared on uh, with Veg Mama, which you can see by going to my blog. I also pointed out some tips of making a healthy diet successful. One of the biggest and most important is making it fun because if we don't, what's the point, right? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and while I can't offer you vegetables today, we are going to have some serious fun with two guests, one who is sitting right here with me. The stunning Jenna Ivory is originally from Tacoma, Washington, and she was nominated recently Cutest Newcomer for AVN 2015, which is huge. She's worked for several major companies in her uh, short time in the industry. Most notably, she starred in the porn parody Orange is the New Black XXX, playing the lead Piper Kerman's role, which is so awesome. I actually am reading a book right now, so I can't wait to, to talk to you about that. How are you doing today, Jenna? I'm great. How about you? I'm well, thanks. So how did you get into this industry? I'm always really fascinated by, you know, people's paths getting here. Um, I, like, like you said, I'm originally from Tacoma, Washington. I moved from Washington State when I was 18 in uh, pursuit of modeling and adult film, so... Okay. I submitted some photos, and here I am. Yes. <laughs> so you you immediately kind of, when you were thinking of film and, and all of that, you had already been thinking adult. Uh, what did you learn about sexuality as a kid? Because a lot of people, I ask often about this, because we learn so little usually in school, and, uh, you know, so we have to learn somewhere. And it sounds like you already had a passion for embracing your sexuality. What, where did that come from? What, what did you or didn't you learn as a, as a kid? Um, as a kid, like you said, it's kind of, I guess, taboo. We don't really learn too much about it as far as, like, the pleasure aspect, I guess. Um, I didn't – I was never really promiscuous until I turned 18 after high school. I was actually a tomboy in high school. So once I – um, started exploring my sexuality, I really got more into it. So. Nice. I'm glad you brought up pleasure because that is the thing I think that's missing so much. It's like, don't sit on toilet seats because you'll get a disease. Mm-hmm. Don't have sex because you'll get pregnant. You know, it, it's like the whole pleasure aspect I think would be so good for, especially for girls growing up, teens. I know that I would have been a lot less like depressed, which we all are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, well, Washington needs it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. And so tell me about Orange is the New Black, the parody. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, how did that come about? Um, 
I, I had a very, very fun time with that. It was um, with myself, Chanel Hart, and Monique Simone. They pretty much just um, um, kind of, I don't want to say jumped me in, but I mean in a sexual manner they did, into the jail cell, into <laughs> jail, because I was new, fresh yeah. meat. <laughs> no kidding, huh? Because there actually is a lot of sexuality in the story anyway, mm-hmm. so you could really take that Definitely. to some extreme. I was, I was quite honored and privileged that the director chose me to do that, play that role. Awesome. And how can people see that? Is it um, You'd have to go to dogfartnetwork.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Interesting. Other than that, what are some of the highlights so far of your Of my career? career? Man, I have so many. Um, just engaging with all of my fans, um, meeting fun people, and, and definitely being able to explore my sexuality in a safe environment. I'm glad to hear you say that, too. It's interesting how many people think that, and I know there are exceptions, but they have this perception that the adult industry is really dangerous and women are forced into it. And I know that that probably happens in some cases, like all industries. Mm -hmm. I mean, really every, especially in the entertainment business. You know, uh, we were talking earlier about... um, you know, I was in, in acting and I modeled and all that. And same thing. People are forced into it. It's, but, but for the most part, it's, it sounds like it's been a, a good experience for a lot of the women I've talked to. Uh, and, you know, that they're treated really well and, and all of that. How do you ensure your safety? Or do, have you ever had concerns? Um, no, I've never had any concerns. Um, I'm, I'm a very blunt person. If I feel uncomfortable with anything, I'm very outspoken. I let, let it be known. Good. But other than that, no, I've never had any, any problems or situations where I feel uncomfortable. Good. That's, that's excellent. I'm really happy to hear that. And what has your family thought about your career? Um, my family, um, as far as that background goes, I don't really have too much family, but um, people that I do, that I am close with, loved ones, they just want the best for me, you know, in whatever I choose to do as long as I'm safe. Excellent. That's so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what people should care about, you exactly. know, is, is that you're well and you're pursuing what, what you're happy doing and all of that. What are some of your career goals moving forward? Um, I mean, a lot of it I kind of try to keep it on the hush-hush, but... Okay. Um, Any hints, secret hints, like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just try it. to, I just, I just really try to, whatever I, I aim to do, yeah. I, I put my, my all of my effort into it and I try to be the best at it. That's so. a great goal. Yeah, to always be pushing yourself and to be aiming really high. And obviously it's it's working out well for you. I'm a very optimistic and self-driven person. So Good. Just, when I... When I aim to attack something, I, I go for the kill. That's huge. <laughs> that that uh, tomboy pays off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Definitely. Know? That's the perfect blend, and you'd be a good role model. I think a lot of girls and young women have trouble standing up for themselves mm-hmm. in life in general, you know, so to be strong well, and that, feminine. That, as far as goals go, that is actually one of my main goals. Later on, when my name is bigger, I want to um, start a foundation, and I want to be um, an advocate. So Beautiful. I really admire that a lot. Thank you. You must learn and teach a lot about sexuality. What is a tip you could offer for for women listening out there if they want to kind of, you know, spice up their love life a bit? Or I think a lot of people have dreams of kind of, I wish I could be as sexy as a porn star. Or what is it about, you know, the, the work that you do? What have you learned that you feel like you could relate to somebody? It's all about confidence. Um, I feel that if you want to try something new, 
don't be afraid to do it. I mean, of course, stay in your comfort zone, but then again, it's not bad to go a little bit out of your comfort zone, you know? Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, you only live once. True, true. The comfort zone's so interesting because it's like, like you said, you want to respect it, but you want to push yourself too. Right. And I think that over time, because I think our instincts, we, we always really know what the right thing and it's really about being more of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And sexuality especially, I feel like when I was modeling, I had like really, really, really bad body image and self-esteem and stuff. So you can't you can't go by what you're looking like. You know, I was being paid to, to be on magazine covers and stuff and at the same time was feeling I had no sexual confidence and was less sexual than I have been the rest of my life. You know, so it's mm-hmm. it's really not about looking a certain way or acting. It's it's acting how you feel. It's, yeah, exactly. It's all within yourself. Happiness comes from yourself. Sure. So. Has your uh, personal kind of style changed at all with with porn or do you take on a character each time you step into a role i like to incorporate the both like the two of it you know um definitely when the camera cuts on i turn into a completely different person i think that's also partially because i am a gemini okay (laughs) but i turn into like a sex beast (laughs) Uh, that's awesome did you surprise yourself with that was that like an automatic i mean when i first got into the industry i mean i was nervous of course you know anxious and then and gradually as time went by I got more and more comfortable with my own skin and just being on camera and I was more open to trying new things awesome I can imagine that as you said having butterflies at first mm-hmm. do you remember your very first job yeah I mean like I said before the industry I really wasn't that sexually experienced at all like I honestly I wouldn't even moan or anything I was just completely silent you could see it from like one of the first couple of my scenes I was just quiet. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Wow. That's so brave. <laughs> but now I'm just loud as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you let it rip. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's supposed to increase sexual pleasure, too. Oh, it does. Yeah. So do you, <laughs> I know that it's porn is about, you know, you're putting on a performance mm-hmm. and it's geared toward the audience, the camera and all of that. Uh, do you feel a lot of pleasure as it happens or does it kind of depend on the scene? I mean, kind of like what they teach you in school. You know, if you... Um, find a career that you enjoy doing you'll never have to work a day in your life but I mean of course it's still a job to me it's still I still have to you know put my best foot forward and it, it is a career but at the end of the day do I have pleasure in it yes every day I mean every time that I'm working I love it yeah that's awesome that is a dream for everyone I think for sure and what's one of the more challenging parts for you one of the more challenging parts um I don't really think it would be just, like, working itself. I mean, a lot of it's just, like, scheduling, and it gets kind of hectic, but, I mean, it's all worth it. The the non-glamorous parts we don't see, right? sometimes (laughs) I feel bad when I can't, like, respond to all my fans. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I suppose, because now, also, you know, with social media, Mm -hmm. they expect to be able to reach out and connect with you. I mean, I try to respond as much as I can. Yeah. You, know. you could just send out a big hello to everyone. <laughs> I, I do do that once do in a while, that. actually. Yeah. yeah, I do like a blast out, too. I love all my fans. Thank you for all the support. You oh, know. nice. And what are your social media networks you use primarily? Um, Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And yeah. are you, do you go by your name? My Twitter is Jenna Ivory XXX, and then my Instagram is the Jenna Ivory. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. So do you do modeling and uh, film still? Yeah. Balance of the both. Mm-hmm. And so the modeling, is that considered porn as well, or is it just kind uh, of... It's a little bit of both. I yeah. mean, I'm kind of... Um, I, I'm also building content right now, so I do photo shoots like every two weeks just to kind of, you know, get my name out there more. Nice. Trying to put my feet in other doors. My, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And... Uh, 
how do you feel or how have you learned to really embrace your body? We talk a lot about body image around here, and uh, it's a challenge for so many women. Mm-hmm. Like 97% of women, I read uh, in another study recently, that um, have at least one body-hating thought every single day, mm-hmm. and, and many, many have more than that. Uh, do you, are you able to maintain, have you always had kind of confidence in, in your body? Um, Typically, but I mean, I honestly, after um, a while, as I progressively got older, I'm not old, but by any means, but, you know, um, just feedback from people. And sometimes, you know, everyone's opinion, everyone has an opinion. But at the end of the day, your opinion is the one that matters most. And um, as far as, you know, you said that statistically women have a tendency of saying one negative thing about themselves like every day. You know, the best way to do that is to, to overpower it is to replace one negative thing with two positive things. I like that. So you compensate mm-hmm. because just one won't really match up because right. we will pay attention to the negative right. thing. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a woman at the end of the day, so of course I'm, I always am a little bit self-conscious. But, you know, it's every day is a, um, <clears throat> a new learning experience, you know. Sure, sure. That's awesome. Uh, do you have much say as far as... Um, what you do in scenes are you given kind of a script or certain things points you have to hit or do you get a lot of freedom to if you just want to you know break into something that's it kind of varies it depends on who you're working for what company and what the 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 scene itself is supposed to be but um if it's a certain thing they're looking for as far as what type of scene you already know before you get there that's what they're booking you for whether it's ir or um girl girl boy girl yeah but other than that i mean they kind of they'll let you know how many positions it is and you just run through it but they'll um if you have any ideas just throw them out there nice i have a question about the avian awards because it fascinates Mm -hmm. me i've interviewed so many women who participate in the avians and have won awards and i've seen photos of you know at the actual celebrations and stuff actually being there because everyone's there you know, celebrating adult film and and you, like all the mm-hmm. stars, is it like do people just kind of paw all over you and kind of get try to get your attention, or do you have a lot of, you know, what is it like walking through that crowd? Well, this AVN 2015 was my second one. My first one was 2014, and I had been in the industry for about three months at the time, and I was shocked. I didn't realize I like. I had already built such a fan base in that short amount of time. Like, people were just running up to me, Jenna Ivory, Jenna Ivory. And then I remember one fan specifically, like, kind of grabbed at me. And the security was like, whoa, 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 back up. And after that, I was just like, oh, my gosh. But then this year was, like, I was shooting in between it, so I wasn't able to be at the booth as much as I liked. But at the same time, I mean, my fans got to come see me. And um, a lot of it is, like, a lot of press coming up, taking photos of me and stuff like that. It's it's fun. I love it. I love I love getting my pictures taken. <laughs> That's good. It's probably really important for your job, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I love it. That's like my, one of my favorite things about my job, actually. Awesome. <laughs> Any tips for taking a good photo? Because I've I've noticed that some people, because they they aren't sure what to do, they come come across maybe a bit awkward, or they just don't like well, having. Well, I mean, taken. I'm often told that I know how to pose very well, but I mean that also goes in in with um, when I was a teenager, I always wanted to model. So I would always pose in the mirror and, you know, practice facial expressions and everything else. I do this, like, little thing I'm known for with, like, my eyes. They kind of, like, 
squint them a little. Like, it's not really squint, but I don't know. Nice. Just more, be more expressive to yeah, your facial expressions. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a seductive model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Having emotion in your eyes is really important. Yeah, and then also knowing your body, just like the poses and everything else, what's more flattering. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So you have all these fans. Do they send you letters and emails yeah. and stuff? Or oh, how my, do you hear from them? Yeah, I, I do get a lot of letters. And um, specifically, one comes to mind to me. Um, just recently, I had a fan... It was very, it was very heart moving, um, heartfelt letter. He couldn't, he didn't know how to get in touch with me, so he ended up writing the letter to the avian editor in chief of the magazine, and they forwarded it to my booking company, and then they forwarded me the letter. It was so beautiful. I like, I had tears like coming from my eyes. It was so beautiful. Um, it was an English man that wrote it. Yeah. So very eloquent. He was just saying, you know, how porn had saved his life, and out of all the girls in the industry, that I was his Valentine, his love. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is moving. I have chills. Mm-hmm. That must feel really gratifying to know that you're making a yeah a difference yeah. for people. Mm-hmm. I've heard from others in the industry that the mix has changed over the years. For you, I, I imagine, you know, they were talking about like five, ten years ago, they they wouldn't. They'd have primarily male fans, mm-hmm. and now they're seeing more female fans. Do you feel like you have a mix, or how does that? I do have a mix, yeah. definitely. I remember um, just this last year, um, I had one fan. I think she was in the Philippines, and you know, she was always. You know, sometimes, sometimes if my fans aren't like, if they're respectful and they ask me to follow them back, I follow back, and then you know, D- oops, sorry, they DM me and stuff. Um, this this girl in particular, she was in the Philippines, and she said I was her idol, and she wanted to do porn. And um, she would just, like, send me pictures, and she'd, like, write in Sharpie on her stomach, Jenna Ivory, I'm your number one fan, just cute little stuff like that. I love it. That's awesome. That is awesome. And it must be just rewards, you know, for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's pretty unexpected, at least you didn't realize, because it's, even with social media, actually to have people come out, fly in, send you letters from other countries, that's, mm-hmm. that is pretty cool. How do you spend your downtime? My downtime, I like to um, work out. Um, I thoroughly love um, listening to music and watching movies. Um, nice. I have like a bit of an old soul, so I, I one of my hobbies is to um, watch Turner Classic movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? My favorite actress is Audrey Hepburn. Ah, uh, I love mm-hmm. her. And I also like writing too. So awesome. It's another passion of mine. Awesome. I'm a writer also. It's it's a beautiful way to, uh, I find it very therapeutic. It's, it's a very good way to express yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find that it's easier for me to express myself through writing rather than talking. <laughs> you know, I totally get that. And actually when I started this show, it was a little awkward for me at first to not have a chance to formulate everything first, mm-hmm. you know, because podcasts are so casual and just you're just there and you just talk and I'm quite used to perfecting things and having it edited or editing it myself or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's good practice for you, but I, I definitely find that um, even if it's just a free written journal or something, you know, it's really powerful, that mm-hmm. creativity. And I think it works really well with performing, actually. Yeah. Do you find a connection between the two also? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually just had a, um, I host a blog fest every year uh, based on a poem that Audrey Hepburn made famous. Oh, really? The Beauty of a Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I really admire her, too. She's such a 
and even all the way through her life, you know, even into her older years, I felt like she was so beautiful inside mm-hmm. and out. Yeah. You know, she was a humanitarian is, as well. Yeah. Which I really, really, really respect. Mm-hmm. You know, that is amazing. And what do you listen to music? Because actually, when we have Ralph Sutton on, he's like a big music guy. Okay. So are you into rock or what? what I'm into like? pretty much I everything. I go from Billie Holiday, Bing Crosby, to um, Sticks, to CCR, um, to hip hop. Tupac, like I listen to everything. That's awesome. I can, um, I like, I, I sometimes I don't know like all the, um, um, how do you? Oh, sorry, the composers, yeah. but um, I do like orchestra as well and, uh. and jazz and everything else. And I love, I love a lot of R and B, like old school, like um, Escape. Um, let's see. I like Bobby Womack, Luther Vandross. Nice, a huge eclectic mix, mm-hmm. which again I think is great for performers to have. And, and a Gemini. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way with my, my movies as well. Like, I I love action movies, um, um, urban movies. I mean, I can sit down and watch, like, a whole silent movie, black and white. Awesome. Yeah. That's I don't know if I've ever done that, but I love Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. You know, I've only seen, like, little clips and stuff, but I think it's it's really interesting. And they're so emotional because, you know, they don't, and they don't, especially if it's a silent film. Yeah, they're so, it's so expressive, and I also feel like, you know, just like I love the art in it, and also just to know how far technology has come so far, like from silent movies to everything else, is just crazy. No kidding, mm-hmm. no kidding. Uh, so, Ralph, who we're going to have in here, he's a, he's a radio host, a mm-hmm. uh, really well known one who's had a lot of success, and he hosts a podcast now um, called the SDR Show, which is Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And it actually it's a comedy podcast, and it uh, reached number one on iTunes pretty rapidly. He's doing really well, but I guess he's doing really badly in his. Uh, <laughs> dating life or at least he's got lots of crazy stories uh do you date have you dated are you in a relationship is that um i have dated but um i'm always on the go so i don't really have time for it it's kind of selfish of me honestly so i can't be in a relationship so it'd be selfish to be in a relationship yeah it would be very selfish of me um but i have dated previously like i don't i haven't dated that much i've only dated like three guys ever but okay yeah. Focused on the career. I'm focused and completely on my career. Like when I, like I said earlier, when I am out to like accomplish something, I'm very, very, very focused. That's awesome. Do you still find time though to decompress? And because that's how I, my personality tends to be that way. Like go way too hard almost. Like, mm-hmm. and um, I used to push myself almost like into the ground and it wasn't helping. So I have to work too. And now I'm better at it, but like, you know, having relaxation in mm-hmm. every, it's every all day. It's about balancing and, the two. It can be difficult. Yeah, yeah. So how do you manage that? Do you keep a calendar? Do you have an assistant? Or um, <laughs> Yeah, I do have an assistant. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just try to, you know, when sometimes it kind of, not really that I get too warped up into my, my career, but sometimes, you know, with through social media, even when I'm not on set, I'm still doing social media and it's Jenna, but sometimes I have to um, separate me as a personal person from Jenna you know what I mean like like your brand yeah yeah because Mm -hmm. that's I mean you are your you are a brand Mm -hmm. which is which is an interesting thing you know which brings responsibility too um I I really respect that you want to be a a role model as well because I find it that when celebrities are kind of like oh well I didn't ask to be famous and then they're not really doing anything to provide anything inspiring or helpful you I feel like just me individually, you can never forget where you come from. You know, that's a, where a big part of that comes yeah, from. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so the, the dating thing, thing I was thinking again, The um, I think a lot of people imagine that if you are working in porn that probably, like, 
it just keeps on, you know, you meet somebody on set and then it just keeps on going, which I <laughs> actually think would be, I don't see really the rationale in that, but I imagine that there's a lot of, you know, they just like think, dating. oh, yeah, I've, I've seen it. People would say, oh, you must date models if you're a model, that stuff, but yeah, that I've wasn't. S- I've seen it, but. Um, not your thing. Not my thing, no. Yeah. I, I don't think my personal opinion teach his own, but I don't, I know it's not healthy for me to uh, mix business and pleasure. It's hard to, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, some people, I wouldn't judge their happiness. But, yeah, I could see that. The separation can be good for mm-hmm. sure. For yeah. sure. So you're based in L.A. now. Yeah. And are you enjoying the city compared to Vegas? I love it. I love it. Um, the weather is beautiful. The people, it's, it's just, it's very busy. Yeah. <laughs> I know today it's, like, a little cloudy, and we're all, I'm wearing a sweater. <laughs> right. You know, I grew up in Minnesota, so it's, oh, like, okay. my family gets a, a kick out of, you know, I'm wearing parkas when it's, like, 60, and it's negative 20 there. You know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> it gets to be pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Do you travel much for your work? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. All over the country or other countries um, as well? L.A., L.A., pretty much is the majority of where I work. Um, I am actually going to be going to Florida this month for work. Nice. Yeah, I just got back from Arizona last week. Awesome. That's fun. I bet you enjoy that, too, mm-hmm. the variety and all that. Yeah. That is awesome. All right, so we're going to hold on until he should be here any second, and we'll do a quick sound check with him. Okay. Hello there. Hello, Ralph. How are you? Good. How you doing? You have, like, the most amazing oh my gosh, radio voice. voice. We both oh, just have girl boners for you. me on already. <laughs> Ralph Sutton has been the host of a nationally syndicated rock show uh, called The Bus Tour for the past 10-plus years and has hosted TV shows, concerts, and more, all for the betterment of rock. He also hosts the hilarious podcast Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, which is known as the SDR Show, which actually got to the number one slot on iTunes very quickly recently. Uh, he co-hosts it with comedian Big J Okerson. I'm so happy to have you here, and Jenna is as well. Ralph, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Great. We are well. We are well. We are lusting after your voice. You have a great oh, radio thank voice. thank you. You both said that right away. It's very nice to hear that. It's funny. I've always been told since I was a child that I had a voice and quite possibly a face for radio as well. <laughs> really? Is that how you ended up pursuing this career? You know, what's funny is that it's just something I always did want to do, but I was actually a strip club DJ for many years, and one day just a radio guy through a, a set of odd circumstances came in and heard me, and one thing led to another, and I started doing overnights. Wow, interesting. And SDR, so how did that come about? You were already doing your other show. Is that something that you decided to start yourself? It's actually funny. I always thought, and no disrespect to anybody doing a podcast, because now I'm one of us, uh, that podcasting was for people that couldn't get into radio. That was my theory going back about a year and a half. And then um, I host this cruise every year called Shiprocked, and I was asked to find a couple of rock and roll comedians. So I was friends with Big J Okerson. I suggested they hire him. And through a set of circumstances, him and I ended up hosting a few events together and just made each other laugh for like the entire time we were on the boat. And it was his suggestion that we should do a podcast together. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I always had this idea as a morning show called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll when I was doing radio. The original idea was to go out and party all night and from your nighttime party go straight to your morning show and do your morning show after you're partying the night out and tell your stories. That was the original idea. So I had the URL, the SDR show. I had the artwork done. I had all the imaging done. So I just said, well, I have an idea for a name and what we could do. 
He loved it. And the next thing you know, we started taping shows. That's awesome. And you're doing so well. Congratulations on, on all of your success. I saw you have, uh, was it almost 50 shows now or episodes? Yeah, we're about 42 in. Uh, in January, we were, which is shocking the hell out of me, we were number one in comedy for about a week and number 11 overall, which is just wow. insane. Like, I have no idea why, but I'll take it gladly. Oh, man, I was going to ask you for your secret so I could use it, but um, that's really cool. No, you know, it's funny is that a lot of our guests have come in through my radio contacts. Like, a lot of the bands or porn stars that came in are just people I've interviewed over the years in uh, my radio show, The Tour Bus. So... I just started calling in favors, and that's how we got people. And then once we started climbing up the charts, then people started asking me if they could come on. Nice, nice. And you obviously are hitting a, a market that's really popular, and who doesn't love sex, drugs, and rock and roll? I was listening. You've had, uh, actually, Mia Isabella, one of my, she's a friend of mine who's been on the show here. Isn't she yeah. great? Yes, I love yeah, her. You had a, and I listened to uh, Taylor Chandler. She was on, on the show as well. And so I think you you'd, have a pattern of the type of people you listen to. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I saw their names on your your list when I was uh, kind of researching for this show, and I thought, I'm going to listen to those gals because I, I know them. And I thought you did a really great job of uh, – it's funny, but it's also, you know, compassionate and interesting, and you learn from it and all that. And you also end up talking a lot about your love life, which is oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that something you <laughs> planned on, or did it sort of happen? Well, I have nothing to hide. I've never had a problem sharing that. I do it – you know, in, in radio, you can't talk for an hour. So I've always had small spurts of stories on my – radio show, but on SDR and podcasting in general, I really believe by opening up and being uh, honest with your listeners is how you build an audience. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's really nice to hear. I, I'm a big fan of authenticity myself. Even if, you know, if you're going to make a mistake, be yourself doing it, you know, rather than... Own up to it. I got no problem yeah. owning up to my god-awful experiences with dating with women. <laughs> Can you, would you have a worst experience you could share? You know, it's funny. You asked me that in like a little pre-interview, and I was thinking about it. It's so hard to narrow down. I'm so not a superlatives guy, but <laughs> I can tell you one or two things that stick out as like, well, that was pretty rough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, one recently, um, it's not, I guess about six months ago, we went on a date, and look, I make my money in rock and roll. I don't care if you like rock. It really makes no difference to me. I just happen to go to a lot of shows because I have to. I love it, sure, but I don't care if you're... If you don't know who Motley Crue is, it's not going to break my heart. You know what I mean? Sure. So all night long, this girl, gorgeous, five foot nine, blonde, beautiful. We're having a great time. And she's trying to tell me how much of a rock and roll chick she is. And uh, okay, fine. We're sitting now at a bar and she's now getting drunk. And she looks over my shoulder like while we're talking. This is again, keep in mind on the first date. And um, I don't even know. I can't even really say this exactly, but I'll say it in, in, in as PG term as I can. She looked over my shoulder and she says, who the fuck is that N-word? Okay? Whoa. Follow what I'm saying there? And I look over my shoulder and it's a picture of Jimi Hendrix from the Rolling Stone album cover. Okay? Oh, my God. So I look back to her and I say, look, I don't know what's worse right now, that you would say that word to me on a first date. You don't know me. Or that you don't know who the hell Jimi, Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix is. Or at all. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. What in the I, world did you do? I paid, the, I paid the tab and I left. And that was the end of the date. Oh, good for you. I, I can't even imagine. I once had a uh, a date. I you know live in Los Angeles, and I was working as an actress, and it was <laughs> probably the worst date I ever had. This guy was, uh, during the date, being incredibly romantic, like saying incredibly eloquent romantic things to me. And it was a little odd because, you know, you were just having dinner, and, and we kind of knew each other. We'd been on, you know, a couple of castings. We'd seen each other, but we didn't know each other well. Later that night, I found his 
audition sheet for his next day's, you know, call. And he was reciting lines to me. Like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Literally. That's <laughs> I had a girl once who was really funny all night. And at some point, it almost sounds like a joke, but it's true. She had great lines. And then at one point, her purse dropped and one liners fell out of her purse. <sighs> Are you serious? Like index cards with little jokes <laughs> on Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That, I don't even have to say. That's wild. Also, I always say you can learn a lot about someone on how they engage staff at a restaurant. You know, if they're extremely rude and demanding to the waiter, it tells you a lot about what type of person they are. You know, mm. there's no doubt in my mind that that's a big clue. So we're sitting at a bar, a, a restaurant with this girl, again, another first date, and I'm very gracious always. I used to be a busboy. I was a, a waiter. You know, I know that people tend to treat them like crap. So when the, the waiter walks away, she turns to me. She goes, you know, I got to learn how to be nicer to the help. And I said, well, let's start by not calling them the help. How about that? There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The help. That does say a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, or if they look in the eyes and they, you know, know their name or treat treat them as humans and I think sometimes if you've never ever been in a service position it's it might be more of a challenge you know mm-hmm. um, I, I certainly have Jenna have you ever worked as a server or anything like that no but I mean I feel you know I, I strongly believe in equality yeah so we're all people at the end of the day we all bleed the same blood no yeah. one's job or career makes you any better than the next yeah, one of no one of the crazy stories that ever happened to me, which is to this day, I wish I had a, uh, a conclusion to this story. I met a girl. We made plans for a date, and she was coming to my neighborhood to have dinner. That was the plan. We were going to eat in a restaurant in my neighborhood. And um, about 10 minutes before I'm supposed to meet her, she says, look, uh, why don't you come to my apartment and bring a bottle of wine instead? And to me, that's like, all right, awesome. This They just went to uh, the next level in my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> so her apartment happened to be... I don't know how well you know uh, New York City, but I'm way downtown in, in the East Village, and she's way, way uptown on the west side, like 100-and-something street. It was a 40-minute cab ride. So I get there. I walk in. She says, oh, put the wine on the counter. I go to the counter. There's like 10 bottles of wine and beer and alcohol set up. I'm like, all right, that's kind of weird. I, she's dressed in like a shimmy uh, nighttime party dress, which I also thought was weird. I go into the living room. There's some big black dude sitting there eating cake watching TV. And she says, here, this John sit next to John. I sit down. No explanation. She starts putting music on, TV on in different rooms with different sounds. And I'm thinking to myself, does this chick want us to have a threesome? Like, I, is that the plan right now? Because she's not saying anything. He's not <laughs> saying anything. Not like, hey, you know, I'm try- are we going somewhere else? I don't know what's going on. Ten minutes go by, and then she says, oh, well, I'm having a party tonight. And a few of all my friends should be here in 20 minutes, Right. And I'm thinking, a half hour ago, you were having dinner in my apartment. When did you plan this party? Makes oh, no gosh. Sense. <laughs> and the hour goes by. It's now like 1130 on a Monday, and nobody's there but the three of us. She has music playing in different rooms. Like, one, one room is, is hip-hop. One room is dance music. She's getting <laughs> drunk. And it's just the three of us. And eventually, it's like almost midnight. I said, like, you know what? I'm just pulling the plug on this night. And I left, and we never spoke again. I don't know if she wanted me to have a threesome with the dude. I don't know what the plan was, but that was one of the weirdest nights I've ever had. That is so bizarre. Bizarre, I was just going to say. We, we're both sitting here with our jaws open going like, where is this going? You're waiting yeah, for some big conclusion. I almost <laughs> stayed there just to have the answer. Yeah. 
That is, yeah, exactly. What what could possibly happen? Yeah, I'm Where, not a big advocate of the DVD. Maybe you should have just took the initiative. But I would have at least waited to see what's <laughs> Right. Well, Jenna is probably the most expert in threesomes. If, if do you think that that was what they were? I, from from the sound of it, I have no idea. But I think maybe he should have just took the initiative. <laughs> there you go. Would you have had a threesome? The initiative. I'm not a big fan of the two dudes. Uh, so you'd okay. do the threesome if it was the girls. Oh, absolutely. I've done more than that. I've, I've actually, which uh, it's much to my uh, co-host chagrin, I've had uh, two fivesomes of four girls and me. Wow. wow. Very That's impressive. impressive, huh? Pretty cool. That is very Yeah, and, and was it as as sexy and, you know... It was everything you'd want. I mean, it was very lucky that it happened, and, I'm, you know, it's one of those... It was two of the same girls, and the rest, the other two were different um, both times, and I was just thrilled that it actually was fortunate enough to happen, although my goal these days is to try and break that record and get five and make it a sixum. Wow. <laughs> wow. And did these five sims just happen organically? That sounds weird, an organic five sim, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, what happened was I was dating, this is going back like three, four years. I was dating a girl that was very, very bisexual. And I think she actually enjoyed watching me and being with girls more than actually being with me, if that makes any sense. And she would go out and find girls. And this was actually, wow, it's longer now because it, um, it was when Obama first came into office. It was like a celebratory night. And we were just out in the city, and one thing led to another, and we grabbed a few extra girls and all came back to my apartment. Wow. <laughs> so I'm envisioning this, because I've, I've never had anything like this, except for in my own head. So if you have five, are they all focused on you then? Because it's sort of no, like, or is everyone all with each other? They were all focused on each other. I just happened to be there, and I'd put my penis in various places whenever I could. <laughs> wow. So you got the show and the experience and all of it. Yes, I just happen to be an innocent, bi- well, a not-so-innocent bystander, I guess is the better way to put it. Wow. So any tips from you, and, and Jenna as well, because I'm sure you know lots about this, any tips for people who would like to have a threesome, a fivesome, or a sixsome? I actually yeah. haven't had any in my personal life. Not yet. Okay. Really? I always find that bizarre. Uh, <laughs> when, I, I assume you are a porn star, correct? Yes, I am. And I know a lot of porn stars who like to be very basic offset. I find that fascinating. Maybe because it's more exotic, because all you're doing on set is, like, really extreme. Do you find that to be true, Jenna? Yeah, I find that, too. And then also, you know, like I said before, um, once the camera cuts on, I turn into a completely different person. It's possibly also because I'm a Gemini. But, um, and then also entail with um, being able to explore my sexuality in a safe environment, you know. It feels so more comfortable. Dating, I should get a camera is what you're telling me. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. What's your biggest turn on, Ralph? Biggest turn on? Um, women willing to sleep with me, I guess, would be. Uh, <laughs> would Preferably six that, of them uh, all at the same know, time. What would you say? Preferably six all at the same time. <laughs> or five. No, I would say that for me, the biggest turn on is, uh, I wouldn't say aggression sounds a little harsh, but like a woman who is willing to like at least admit that she enjoys the idea of sex and being a little more uh, aggressive or... Assertive, maybe. Assertive, that's the better word. Assertive in that field and not just like happen to be in the room at the same time, if that makes any sense. Well, then you're welcome. That's what we're all about here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get women to, <laughs> to embrace it. <laughs> Take the reins. Yeah. <laughs> and whether it's, you know, whether it's being assertive as far as like initiating or just simply, it's amazing how many girls and women are kind of raised and then told 
in so many ways to that sex is not enjoyable. Like the humor about sexuality is so awful. I mean, it's so degrading. Most of it is, you know, about women faking orgasms and men mm-hmm. faking whole relationships and all this stuff. And it's like, well, actually, women can have really awesome, amazing orgasms. And right. why would they ever want to skip that and, and pretend like it was happening? And, you know, it's it's wild. It's it's pretty wild. So how do you meet these these women, especially well, the odd ones? For years, I was a strip club DJ, as I said, even though I always get crap for mentioning that because it was 10 years of my life. But um, I, uh, I was spoon-fed vagina for many years because of the fact that I worked in a strip club. You know, Who it would can be say that? Easy. You know, just yeah. uh, girls come to town for a week and they don't know anybody but me. It was pretty easy. Since then, which now I'm out of that business about eight years, I think, um, it's definitely not as easy. I'm horrible at hitting on women in public. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I am a very big man. I am six, almost 6'6", six, six, 250, big guy, you know, not fat, but big. And a size 15 shoe, I think that I scare people. And I've seen it happen many times. So I always feel like if I'm hitting on a girl, she thinks I'm about to kill them. So I always try and wait for some sort of icebreaker before I go in cold. Does that make any sense? Ah, uh, I see. I see. You know, I think you have a really warm disposition, though. I actually saw a, a YouTube video. I was looking for, sometimes I'll play YouTube clips uh, during the show, and I thought, I'll just see what he has, and I found, like, a travel video of you talking about how you love to travel, and I thought, he seems like a really, I mean, you seem really approachable, but then again, I wasn't in person, you know, like right. you said. You don't realize, six. I'm almost 6'6". Six, six. I'm one of these guys, it's funny, most men will lie about their height in the other direction. They're 5'8", they'll tell you they're 5'10", you know what I mean? Yeah, But yeah. I am 6'5", almost 6'6", six, six. and when girls ask me, I say, I'm about 6'4", because it sounds so monstrous to say 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, because it just, it is huge. But sometimes I'll make yeah. the joke because old girls will always say, well, I'm 5'6", but I'm 5'8 in heels or something like that. Right. So I'll, I'll say I'm 6'5", but I'm 6'8 in heels. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you have, you said you wait to approach. Then do you, ha- do you use pickup lines or do you just kind of roll? As embarrassing as this is to admit, but, uh, you know, why the hell not, as we were saying earlier, to be honest and full disclosure, most of my initial meetings happen via Facebook or uh, Instagram. Like, so there's some sort of initial, you know, friend of a friend type, hi, how are you? I rarely have met girls out in the cold, in the open, in the wild, I guess you'd say. I just don't do it. I don't know why. It just almost never happens for me. Unless I'm with, like, my brother. I have a twin brother, but he looks nothing like me. He's uh, 5'7", which is hilarious. (laughs) But um, he's great at talking to women, the most nice, approachable, nicest guy in the world. And I'm with him. Very often he'll make the open and then we start talking. Once the initial hello is entered i'm fine after that i just always i hate the cold open i'm very bad at it so you need to have that nice nice guy with you your your wingman as they say huh <laughs> yes exactly. so are you looking or, for like, for instance when i'm hosting it like i host a lot of rock cruises and, and and events those type of situations people are usually coming up to me so it's easier there but i generally realized a long time ago it's very difficult to date someone that is of the fan ilk you know like if you just got off stage and they come up to, to want they really just being nice to you because they want to go meet the band Right. We were talking about, uh, Jen and I, about, you know, separating the brand from the person. And that would be a little bit, I mean, it's it's like any celebrity. Mm-hmm. How do you know if they're after the, I mean, because you're really honest in your show. But if they're after the, you know, the, the fame, the image. The, the image, yeah, all of that. And I think it's probably really common now that people 
meet online more than than anything else. I think so, for sure. It's just easier. And in general, you're casting a far wider net. I mean, how many people are you going to meet if you're out at a bar or a club? Maybe 10? But online, you can meet 2,000 in the comfort of your own home. And, you know, a much more likelihood that you're going to have some sort of connection. I just, like, picture you with, like, 2,000 women on the screen all at once. So are you looking for— To God's ears. (laughs) Are you looking for a relationship, or is is it just dating and you tend to have— No, absolutely. I'm at this point, like, I'm I'm very old. So at this point, I think it's time for me to settle down. I'd like to have kids. Um, It just—I don't want—I think a lot of people settle. I think they say, well, I'm 40 or I'm 50, whatever it is, whatever that age is in your head, that is the time to get married. So they get married or they say this like, well, probably the best I'm going to do. So we might as well get married or I want kids now. So I might as well get married. I'm not doing that. I want to be so in love that I know it's the right thing. And until then, I'm not going to sit home and twiddle my thumbs. I'm going to go out and date chicks. Good for you. Desperation's the worst. They have what they call starter marriages in uh, people from Minnesota where I'm from and then you move away and you get married when you're like, I got married when I was I can't remember the, how old now I think I was 23. I got married and uh, to somebody I barely knew just because I decided I have to get married because I, I was modeling at the time and I was a very old model and I was also old to get married for a Minnesotan you know, like the average age there is much younger than others and when I went to Miami people would say oh cute you have a starter marriage and I would, at first was offended and it's like oh yeah that's exactly what that was it was like it was like getting the, getting the kinks out and so. also I think and it sounds horrible but in the major cities the New York LA Chicago kind of places where there's so much to do you don't really think about getting married but when you're in the middle of nowhere it's like ah we might as well get married you know I mean, what else are we going to do here <laughs> it's snowing let's get married that's so funny. That's so interesting. I've never heard anybody put it that way. I've I've heard people say, you know, it's harder to date people in LA. Do you do you hear that, Jenna? Um probably just because of the busy lifestyle and maybe everything. Yeah, and the entertainment rushing. business and yeah. all this stuff and everything yeah. Else. Yeah. Gosh. I think that also because your options are so much greater in a big city. And also, I mean, even though I love social networking, it's also screwed up dating in a lot of ways because I'm one of a thousand guys that is asking that same girl out. And very often it's happened where I know somebody made a better offer and that's why she's not seeing me that night. You know, they, oh, they cancel last mm-hmm. minute so often. Because and then you see it on some, Instagram. What you say? <laughs> she says she's busy, her cat's sick. And then you see her on Instagram with like some other guy, you know. Absolutely. Believe me, things like that have happened. You know, it's like you just know that, all right, somebody's flying her somewhere and I can't compete with that because... They have the access to everyone now on, on social networking, so it's good and bad. Wow. And have you uh, dated women who, obviously, they probably listen to your show or they know about your dating history. Do they do they bring that up to you at all? Well, it's weird. I don't really, <clears throat> excuse me, tell about my uh, show too early on because I don't think most women are going to date me after hearing uh, SDR. It's just pretty awful. You, know? <laughs> you think? I think that uh, that's for something once you've established that you know, yeah, we've all done crazy things. But in general, I'm a very respectful guy to women. I don't do anything ever disrespectful. I never lie. I won't cheat. I don't do that. And I just happen to have had a lot of crazy experiences. Date the man. Don't date the stories. You know what I'm saying? And I think that if you are listening before we're uh, dating, you're coming in with too many preconceived ideas. That is so true. That is so true. I really believe in, you know, embracing the person with their whole path and not 
you know, I just don't think it makes sense to kind of compare ourselves to that and to be, you know, but your heart really comes out. I have to say, I, as I mentioned, I, I've listened to a few episodes and I thought you came across as a, as a caring individual. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some women listen to your show and then want to date you because of it. Seriously. That's fine. I, I appreciate that. It's very nice of you. I don't know. It's hard to see because I haven't gotten any figures, male or female. I don't know our audience as far as how it skews men or women. But a couple of my brother's ex-girlfriends listen, which I find fascinating. Like they'll email me and say, oh, it's hilarious when you said this or that. And I don't even know how they found out about the show, probably through Facebook or whatever. But it just makes me laugh to think that they listen. Isn't that funny? Like, and then people, you probably get this too, they'll approach you and tell you that they listen and you're not quite sure where they're going to go with that. Like for me, if I go back to Minnesota and someone's listening to my show or reading my blog, it's all called Girl Boner, you know, and no, in, my, in the circles that I grew up in, nobody would certainly say even, you know, say boner. Right. So it's like, it would be like the B word or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, so when I, you know, I, I've been really surprised actually at, you know, when a, there's a woman who's a grandmother of a friend of mine mm-hmm. who approached me really quietly and told me, I read your blog. Like she was secretly, Aww. it was like <laughs> one of the sweetest moments of my life. I was just so because she she wasn't punishing me or me. she wasn't like let's go to church, honey. She was like, I think it's cool. So you know, not judging our audience is important too. I think for sure, for absolutely. Sure. I'd love to. You know, it's hard to you get figures. I don't know about you, but on my end, I'm still learning the whole podcast thing. But um, I can see the states and the countries that people are listening in. I can see what devices they listen on, but I don't know the the makeup of men, women, ages. I have no idea. Yeah, you know, I don't know either, although I have to say having uh, a blog, my, my blog was popular first, and that's what led to this show. And mm. that has helped me a lot because I already had an audience that I saw every demographic. Like I knew the breakdown of age, and it doesn't correlate exactly because you don't know if they're all going to listen. But I already knew which topics were most popular and and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes you know the the website itself can can help. But uh, yeah, I, I bet you get a mix though. I I've been amazed and and happy that so many guys listen to Girl Boner. You know, it's it's cool. I think I have like sixty four or something, women oh, listening. That's pretty impressive. It's good. I mean, the, so. the, the female demographic is what everyone goes after anyway, right? You know, I think so. I don't know. I'm just trying to be me and me as a girl boner, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, how can we, what's the best way to uh, check out your show? Well, the show, easy. Uh, it's called The SDR Show, uh, and you can find it everywhere, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or even the website, thesdrshow.com. Me, it's very simple. My name is Ralph Sutton, and it's I am Ralph Sutton on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website. It's all I am Ralph Sutton. And uh, that's basically it. The radio show is uh, tourbusradio.com. If you like your heavy dose of rock and roll, uh, it'll be Tourbus Radio. Fantastic. We'll be checking it out. Thanks again, Ralph. We'll talk soon. Thank you for having me, girls. Thank you. Bye-bye. He was awesome, right? Yes, he was. Definitely. So much fun. I mean, just the moment he said hello, we were both like, oh. <laughs> his voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Jenna, why don't you tell us uh, the best way to find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Jenna Ivory XXX. You can also find me on the Jenna Ivory on Instagram. Fantastic. Before I let you all go today, I have a very special message from a recent guest, Uh, Melanie Wise, who's the founder of the Artemis Film Festival, the only film festival that celebrates women in action. Hi, everybody. My name is Melanie Wise. I founded the Artemis Women in Action Film Festival. 
the very first festival to spotlight action films and the women who kick ass in them. I've always loved strong, empowered women. In my life, I've been inspired by female leaders, athletes, as well as strong women in film and TV. These women and images have helped create a greater strength within myself. And while films can be seen as just entertainment, our media has a massive influence on our culture and society. Some of the most influential role models in the world are our heroes in film and television. Entertainment that portrays women who are strong, intelligent, and empowered sends a message to girls and women everywhere that it is okay to be these things. It allows everyone to see women in a stronger and more equal light. We all want to see a shift in consciousness so that gender is irrelevant to any job, any area of life. We want to have girls and young women look up to role models of strength, integrity, and power. We want young people of all ages to embrace that women can do anything that men can do. And our film festival, showing films from around the globe, will spotlight just that. In our first year, we received about 200 submissions. The quality of the content we've received is truly astonishing. All of the films feature women stepping way outside normal confines. We originally planned a very intimate festival which will not support an adequate viewing of these amazing films. And they really do need to be seen. Linda Hamilton will receive our very first Action Icon Award. Stunt woman Angela Merrill will receive our Stunt Unsung Heroine Award. And Maya Ara will receive our Stunt Warrior Award. We have additional honoree announcements coming. We also have stunt women, film historians, and athletes wanting to do panel discussions and demos. And we do not have a proper home for these events. This festival is just our first effort to create a space where women in action roles are celebrated. We have much more coming down the pipeline that supports further spotlighting women. Our festival can be that really thunderous voice in the world that calls for greater gender equality. In order to achieve that thunderous voice, we really need your help. We have eight days left in our fundraising campaign, which was designed to raise money for additional theater space. Please visit www.womenkickass.com and give what you can. No dollar amount is too small. Every Facebook post, every tweet truly matters. Please, if you can, sacrifice the $5 you'd pay for your coffee today to support the empowerment of women. Your contributions are wildly appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I just love her work and mission. Make sure to head over to womenkickass.com to learn more and to donate whatever you can to support her worthy cause. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and hop over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com, for show extras and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.